2: Hello, everybody, and welcome in to today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny, and I'm here, of course, with the host with the most. What is up, my dude?
0: I'm pretty good. How about yourself, man? I'm great. <laughs> I'm doing
2: wonderful. I I've had, I had the best locals day yesterday. I, I'm killing it. I was helping somebody <laughs> move, so I unfortunately could not be there. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I'm killing it, dude. Uh, we'll talk about that more later, though uh also, with us here in the studio, we have the one the only j d what's up dude
1: hello, yeah it's nice to be on uh, i'm j d shock uh the sole host of Set five podcast it's a another smaller Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast but
3: oh yeah, we kind of
1: cover a little bit everything on there i say we but it's just me yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. um so j d like like you said j d here is the Excuse me! Wow, is the host of the Set Five podcast? Uh, it's a really awesome Yu Gi Oh po- podcast that started up. Uh, what? When did you start up? Because I know we started in May. When did you start up?
1: I started up uh, actually in the end of July. My very first episode, um which is poorly edited and with poor audio quality, I don't recommend listening to it. But it was <laughs> it was a deck profile. Uh, a um joker knight deck that i was playing but the only reason why i did it was because i had the deck in max ray so it was like a two thousand dollar poker knight deck
2: this
3: dude like everything was collector (laughs) rare.
2: that's awesome um so there will be links, absolutely, for those that are wondering. There will be links to the Set Five Pass podcast in the description box below. Um, please check out the Twitter page as well as the Spotify page or Apple iTunes, whatever platform you're listening on. And um, yeah, what can people expect from you on the Set Five podcast? Set Five Pass podcast.
1: So on set five pass, I try to focus on doing a little some shorter episodes. There is some episodes that you know kind of go into those half hour, forty five minute marks, but usually I try to cover a little bit of everything. So um, if there's a standout deck at my locals that like went undefeated, I'll
3: try to do a deck profile with that with player. Um, I'll do set review. views. I've been trying to, um, so it's a little bit different
1: all the time. I switch up my routine pretty regularly. I don't like to do the same
3: thing a lot of times because I, you know, keep it fresh. I want to, uh, kind of keep Podcast of our check you out and um, you know what I'm just going to say Hey, 20
1: listen, to 30 buddy. minutes uh, I, my most recent
3: episode was only like a 12 minute
1: episode
2: hey you have even less
0: of an excuse because that's that's less than an hour and a half for each
2: of the for both of them right so um seriously though it's it's good i've listened i listened to it it's i can't actually listen to our podcast because it's uh I i can't hear my own voice i just can't do it so also i've kind of already heard it all once you know what i mean so i can't listen to my own podcast please I listen to the Set 5 Pass podcast when I'm looking for a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast to listen to. He updates very regularly, so it's definitely worth a listen. So, um, With that, we're going to go ahead on. We're going to do our usual plugs and everything. We're going to start with our Patreon. Uh, of course, we do want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, you literally are give us the ability to keep posting. And if you would like to be a patron supporter and get your name read out in the podcast every episode, be sure to join our Patreon. The link is in the description below. So a huge thank you to Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Myth Oceanus, Pig, Scuzz Daddy, AD, Aaron Gardner, Anthony Leela, Damian Zink, Mountain Man, Owen Alvarado, Jeremy Drysdale, Ray Powell, and Sonny Sweet. Thank you all so much for the continued support of the podcast. And let's do the next thing, which is to tell you to please, 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 please be sure to follow both us and the set five podcast on Twitter. Uh, Ours is at top cut podcast. And J.D., what is yours? Your Twitter? Oh, mine
1: is at set five podcast.
2: Okay, cool. So be sure to follow the top cut podcast as well as the set five podcast on Twitter. And you can also join our discord server. Where we are in the server, obviously talking all the time. JD is in the server, and do you have your own Discord server, or do you just mainly float around to a couple of other ones?
3: I
1: float around in all the Discord servers. I am everywhere.
2: <laughs> got it. Got it. So be sure to find us in our server, and you can find JD in every server. So uh, with that, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and move on into the main segment of our episode today, which is. We're going to talk a little bit about all of the sets of the last year. And we're going to kind of go through them one by one to make sure that... I I wanted to do a set recap this episode because now that Brothers of Legend is officially released in the TCG, we don't have any more sets releasing for the rest of the year. So that'll give us a chance to go back, look through the year in sets. We're not doing the structure decks or the um, OTS packs. Because, like, there's just not a lot to talk about there, and realistically, we kind of are working on a timer. So, we want to be sure not to go, like, too crazy long with this. So, and we are, we're still covering, like, eight or ten sets. So.
0: Yeah.
2: We're going to start, of course, with the first set of the year, which was Blazing Vortex. So Blazing Vortex was released in February here in the North America, and it was, you know, some support mainly for the the Arm Dragon Thunder archetype, um, which was a retrain of the Arm Dragons. Um, there was some fabled stuff, some Mirror stuff, some Eldlich stuff, uh, a couple of dogmatica cards, what is probably most the most probably the second most notable card in this set, Tri Brigade, Tri Brigade Kit. Uh, some weird stuff: constellars, Arjamas, dual avatars. There's some live twin stuff in here. Um, some ancient warriors, Dragoonity, machina, archfiend, virtual world support cards, and things like that. So, um, it introduced the spriggans and s force archetypes. And in the TCG specifically, it was also the introduction of warrock and materiactor. Uh, I'm just gonna say. This set sucked, in my opinion. What about you two? What do y'all think?
0: Yeah, the there were literally maybe four good cards total in the entire set. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah.
1: Um, speak for yourselves. I am... <laughs> like, for the most part, Blazing Vortex is a pretty bad set. However, um, we oh, got right. War Rocks <laughs> uh, and... I played War Rocks very religiously for a good couple of months. War Rocks is a really fun deck if you know how to play it correctly. Most people just assume that it is an OTK deck and it is not. And they get disappointed when they don't OTK. It is a battle phase based control
0: deck.
2: Yeah, I, that's what I, That's kind of been my assessment of it from what I've seen. The issue though is that it's like...
0: It's a battle phase control deck? Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, um, the deck is, it's a cool concept, I think, but the issue is that, and and like, it's kind of, it kind of, uh, how do I say this? You kind of have to have things like this introduced every now and then in the TC, in the, in the trading card game itself, in the game, like, you can't just, like, ignore an entire, like, part of the game. (laughs) Ooh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, you can't just, like, ignore an entire part of the game, which is, you know, the battle phase. So like, sure, you have to introduce a set or, or an archetype every now and then that kind of revolves around doing stuff in the battle phase, but um, it's not it's not that good, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I think the most notable cards in particular here are the Pot of Prosperity, which is obviously the, the money card. It has the entire set propped up and um, Tri Brigade Kit, which is surprisingly expensive now.
3: Underworld Goddess
2: is. Oh, does Underworld Goddess here? Yeah. Like yeah, it's Goddess like the best card in the that. set. It's the second best card in the set. Pot of Prosperity <laughs> is here. Oh, that's fair. Okay, I, I forgot about Underworld Goddess of the Closed World. So, listen, it was almost a year ago. Cut me some slack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Underworld Goddess is a good card for sure. Um, so, that Underworld Goddess is probably the second best generic card in this set then. So, um, other than that, the other, the retro starlight in this set was Trishula Dragon to the Ice Barrier, which is so cool. Um, it won't ever be the max rarity because a dual terminal ultra exists, but still cool. So, um, I think, honestly, I think that's all we've got we need to say about this set. Y'all ready to move on? Yeah, pretty much.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to say I
1: really wish that Underworld Goddess was one of the Starlights
2: of the set. It
1: was I was disappointed when it didn't make the cut.
0: Yeah. to be told when I first saw her I also assumed she was going to be one of the
2: Starlights. I think everybody mm-hmm. did. I mean, even when you when you look at the card itself, you're like, well, This card should have been a Starlight, man. It, it looks like it's got like the artwork for it." You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. What what are all the Starlights of this set? Um is it say... uh...
1: Oh, Arm, Dragon,
2: little... yeah. Arm Dragon level 10 was one of them. Um, Heavenly Zephyr, uh, Miradora was one. Pot of Prosperity was one. Shashura. Um, and then the live twin. And, yeah, and then the live twin. So. Alright. Well, let's go ahead and move on and we'll talk about the next set, which is Ghost from the Past. Ghost from the Past was the reintroduction of... Well, no, it was not the reintroduction of Ghost Rares. Rage of Raw was the reintroduction of Ghost Rares. Yeah,
0: this is just continuing to make more Ghost Rares.
2: Yeah, but this really, like, shot them up into, um, like, there being a lot of them. So, this set introduced Ghost Rares for armed... No, no I'm sorry, uh, Blackluster Soldier, Blue-Eyes Alternative Dragon, Dark Magician... Uh, firewall dragon, and oh gosh, what was the last one? Crystal wing. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to look it up, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have remembered that. <laughs> um, so yeah, crystal wing synchro dragon. So, um, this set was like, it was
0: like, it was all right, right? Um, if you're a dragonity player, is the best set ever because this is where they gave us the dragonity structure deck. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a set instead of a structure deck. Yeah.
3: Which was kind of like, meh, I would have much rather gotten a structure deck.
2: Same. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think everybody would have, I mean, a structure deck just represents like more opportunity for like, you know, good reprints and stuff. Yeah. Which, I mean, this set was an opportunity for reprints too, but um, there's very few. Well, with the Sharks deck, you you get more targeted reprints.
0: Uh, for example, with something like Dragonity you would have had stuff more targeted toward it would have reprints more targeted toward dragons and winged beasts, right? Uh, for example, mm-hmm. but just off the top of my head, maybe something like a uh, Super Rejuvenation or something like that. Yeah. Whereas with a set like this, there's no telling what they'll reprint. Yeah, it'll probably have something to do with something in the set itself. Maybe
2: not. Yeah, um, I think some of the reprints, though, that were significant here, um, the entire Hieratic core is in here, which is like, okay, I guess the the entire Time Thief core is in here, which is again, okay, I guess. Uh, Um, E-Telly being in here was pretty cool. Yeah, E-Telly was in here, which was probably maybe the best reprint in the set. Um, the Sun Avalon deck was introduced here and Starry Knights were introduced, but they are both bad. Um, you had some Cosmo reprints. Those are actually good reprints for the Cosmo stuff. Um, you had Buster Dragon, which at the time was a fifty dollars super, which so that was a good reprint. And there was another one that I remember. Oh, um, uh, the Stalos the Mega Monarch was like a twenty dollar card because he only had one secret rare printing.
1: We also got evenly matched. Evenly matched was <laughs> that was like one of the one one of the cards we tried to sell the set with.
0: Yeah, that, from uh, from what I
2: remember, that was the card that that probably sold the whole set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, evenly matched was a good pull for this set. The thing about it though, that was really weird to me, was that like that was the card that we were supposed to get in the structure deck, you know?
3: Oh Man. yeah. So, I thought it was cool that they did the
1: Metal Foes all the Metal Foes stuff reprinting Ghost from the Past because in Vortex Metal Foes just got new support so it was a chance to really combine those two sets together um, unfortunately uh, Magician's Souls was not reprinted in this set so it didn't really do much for people who were really trying to play Metal Foes competitively
2: yeah yeah yeah, we'll talk about Magician Souls here in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that, that. Uh, oh, oh boy. All right, um, other than that, I mean, the Ghost stars were cool, but this was another set that was, to be completely honest, it was pretty poopy.
1: Also, this set did cause a lot of controversy
2: because the
1: selling point was, of Ghosts from the Past was that this set was going to reintroduce well, not like you said, not reintroduce, but expand on Ghost Rares, but they made Ghost Rares so hard to
3: pull that it was like, yeah,
0: Yeah, it just kind of became what was the point? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah
0: exactly. it was
2: like, it was like less than one per case, huh? hmm. Yeah, it was bad. Well, it was weird, because you get a case that didn't have one, and then you get
0: a case with one, and then another one that didn't have one, and then you get a case with two Ghost Rares in it. It was weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think it was supposed to be one Ghost Rare per one and a half cases, but something went wrong somewhere. Konami had I mean, their hands on it. That's what went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even still, one per one and a half, like... Two per three cases is still not enough ghost rare for a set around ghost rares.
3: Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have too much else to say here. It, like I said, the ghost rares were cool. E telly has turned into a, an expensive card again. Gee, who would have guessed? Um, but other than that, and evenly, but I, I don't think there's a whole lot here to talk about. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Um, I wish
1: there was more, but yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, next thing to talk about is Ancient Guardians. So Ancient Guardians released in May of this year. Uh, it was the first set that Caleb and I talked about on the podcast, actually. I remember because I keep looking back at it and somehow our first episode, uh, Ancient Guardians and Us, is like one of our most played episodes. I'm so sorry to everybody that's listening to that episode. The audio is so bad. Especially compared to now. Yeah, it's, 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 it's rough. We've learned a lot since, yeah. But, um, uh, so it released in May. It introduced the Earth Arctic, the Ogdoatic, and the Sulphacord archetypes. Um, yeah, it was.
0: I mean, to be fair, the Ogdoatics were actually really cool. Uh, particularly because they also reprinted Snake Rain in this set, which, don't get me wrong, is a really good card. If only it could do things with non-reptiles, because reptiles are kind of a, uh, bad, n- bad typing. Um, like, I think the best archetype for the type is probably Ogdo Attics.
2: Yeah, it, it probably is. Um, the thing about the Ogdo Addicts is, like, the only way to really play this deck, there's, like, an invoked version that's, like, okay... But it's still. I mean, it's better than, in my opinion, anyway. It's probably better than. Uh, it's better than Earth's Arctic. It's better than Soulful Cord. It's better yeah. than uh, the Starry Night or the Sun Avalon. Probably better than War Rocks, I think, if you do the Invoke version. But it's yeah better than War Rocks, not because Auto are good, but because it's running. It's capable of running an Invoke, <laughs> invoke. exactly. Um. Um, uh the Air is Rock Sunrise that was also printed. This that was also a really cool reprint because that was secretly a fairly expensive card before. Yes. And the one that gets me is um Skullmeister was in here. That's a good reprint. Yep, yep that, that was a great that's a great card. In and it was itself. also Yeah.
1: It was also one of the collector rares, which was like, oof, that was nice.
2: Yes. I, yes.
1: I don't know if you've ever seen like a Skullmeister collector rare in person. Very nice. But like the way that the eyes glow red, like on the card art, is just, it looks so fire. They did well. They did pretty well with
2: that one. Yeah, they, they did a really good job with that one. I have seen that. It's nice. Um, I mean, we also got a Pankertops Collector Rare, which was cool. Yep. I was just about to say that. You beat me to it. You yeah. The Pank Collector's Rare is also really nice here. Not needed because the card wasn't expensive, but gives an expensive version of the card. Well, it yeah, that was the thing was that Pank's highest rarity was Secret Rare from like a Battles of Legends set. Yeah. And because like the original printing was common. Yeah. So this gives it like mm-hmm. an actual like chase rarity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, and so I,
0: for those who wanted to run it and chase rarity now can.
1: Yeah. And also like it's nice because, you know, with a lot of collector rare stuff, um, you know, if. You can't have like one collector rare and two commons in your deck or something like that. So it's good for Panker Tops because Panker Tops is at one. So you only need one collector rare pink. Whereas Skullmeister, if you were running Skullmeisters during that format, um, you, you needed three. So hunting down three collector rare Skullmeisters
2: were, was pretty rough.
1: I think in the secondary market, it was like $120 for the first couple weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah it, it's... In my opinion, Collector's Rare Skullmeister, I mean, not Skullmeister, Collector's Rare Pank is the best pull out of this set to this day. Oh, yeah, no, because you oh. pulled one and you were set. Just like you oh, were set. Yeah, yeah. also, it's, it's the money card of the set. Um, the only other thing that's even close, I think Trade In is worth a few dollars.
1: Trade In's like 60 ish.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Still,
0: super cool card. Uh, if, you know, anytime somebody's running a deck that has lots of level eight, so they can just add to their hand.
2: Right. So um you have any other closing thoughts on this set? I'm I'm good.
3: <laughs> um, I I have a funny
1: story about this set.
3: Yeah.
2: Ooh. On.
1: So when uh when this set was announced and you know there was all the the waiting game on what type the snake archetype was going to be because it's like is it thing? Is it going to be reptiles cuz the way their artwork looked, I remember that the day uh, they got announced as reptiles, it was like, okay, Snake Rain's already bought out. I'm not going to buy Snake Rain, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on TCG Player and buy out all the copies available for offering to the Snake Deity. And and so I bought like fifty something copies of Offering to Snake Deity for like uh, they were like seventy five cents each. And it was like two days later after my order had already been shipped, they announced that offering was getting a reprint in the set. And, uh-huh. it was like, <laughs> and it was like, oh darn. But the funny like the funnier part of it was the person who sent me like all the copies of that card, it actually got lost. So I did not get the package of those like 50 trap cards until like a month and a half later. And it's like, I came home and I had this package in my mailbox and it's like, what is this? What, like what cards did I order recently? And I opened it up and it was just all the offerings. And it was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's really fun. (laughs) I
2: was like, Oh, great, great, great. That's awesome. And every time
1: I sorted through my bulk, like in the meantime before the set launch,
2: like there would just be that clump of like fifty offerings. That's like, uh, yeah. Ah, Dang, what do I do with these now? All right. Um, let's move on to the next set. I think next we have Lightning Overdrive released in June of twenty twenty one. Lightning Overdrive was the third core set. Second, second core set of the year. Um, it's, it's here, it's a, it's a set, it's, it's got Yu-Gi-Oh cards in it, um, it's like, okay, I guess, well, no, okay, I, I can't, I say that, actually, (laughs) this set actually did change the metagame significantly, um, because it introduced support for fairies, which turned out to just be support for Drytron, so, this set introduced Diviner of the Herald, as well as the Drytron Mu Fafnir, the rank one. Mm-hmm. And those two cards single handedly propel Drytron back up to, into tier one. Don't forget that they also uh, introduced Scrap Raptor as a common in this set. Oh, that's true. That's true. So Scrap Raptor also got printed as a common here to heavily bolster the Dino deck. So Scrap Raptor. Being a dinosaur, um, in my opinion, at this set, after this set released, we had like two weeks after the set released before the banlist, the next bandless got announced and uh, put into place. I actually think that Scrap Dino was the best deck in the format for like two weeks. And I don't know; that's like a lot of people disagree because at the time, Dragon Ruler—I mean, not Dragon Ruler, Dragon Link was still oh, Dragon Ruler. Dragon Link was still running rampant right through <laughs> the format. Um and Drytron was going full combo. Adgnister had just gotten the Dark Infant, so they just like huge Adignister support. Um Tri Brigade had just gotten Bearbrum the Rampant Rampager, so that now Revolt is searchable. Yeah. And I still think that Dino Scraps was the best deck in the format. That deck was insane with three misc. So Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, like I'm, I'm looking through the list of everything in this set, and we got the Amazement archetype that was introduced in this set, which was pretty cool. It was um, a nice alternative for Eldritch because at the time, Eldritch didn't really have reprints of anything. Uh, so it was kind of cool because Amazement was like a different spin on the trap deck. There was yeah. definitely a lot of hype on it because if you look at stuff now, it's, it's not played at all. But I think. What happened was that amazement was kind of like the poor man's eldritch, and then all the eldritch stuff got reprinted. So then eldritch became poor man's eldritch. And <laughs> so, uh, but it was, it was a very flavorful archetype. Um, also, looking through the list, we got uh, I want to point out one notable card that's just a small support card, but it was the Plunder Patrol Sea Guide. Um yeah, yep. that was
2: the next thing I was going to talk about. Yeah. Like that
1: card it it was deceptively powerful. Like plunder's weren't really doing anything for a while and then this card came out and plunder's became like it was kind of like a rogue tier 2 like high tier 2 deck. It was it was if you've ever played against like plunder's with somebody who's playing it properly they make some nutty board. It's like four yeah. monsters with like 4,000 attack points each. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, it's... That deck is like... They uh, think the word is capable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good word to use for the deck. Yeah. So... Um, if you underestimate it, it's going to smack you.
3: <laughs>
2: that, yeah. That's a good thing to... Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think Plunder Patrol is... Really playable, especially after that. um, there's also a couple other like really significant cards that came out of this set. so we did get Dan Mari adagnister also, so there there was a fair amount of Adgnister support here. um Dark Honest was released in this set. still think they should have named it dishonest, but whatever <laughs> um you also have Ruddy Rose dragon, so this card like on the surface seem doesn't seem that crazy. But it's actually a really, really good card. so definitely worth checking out um if you have any uh what sword I'm looking for uh if you have if you're playing sword soul
0: oh yeah, no, I think it's, it's a great card. It's an amazing card if you're playing sword soul, particularly if you have that one whose attack is, who gains this extra attack for banished stuff, like make him then
2: drop that. it's gonna be beefy. yeah, it yeah. Very good. Um, I I think any
1: effect that involves just wiping the graveyard, like, of both players' graveyard, it doesn't matter, like, what it's slapped on. If it's something that's an extra monster that is able to be summoned, like, that's pretty strong. You don't realize how strong it is. But during that, like, you know, during that format, we were seeing, you know, there was quite a few graveyard-based decks with, like, Dragon Link and stuff like that but now like you know sword like as you guys were saying like, swords will really profits off having stuff banished and
2: you know oh, really not it's the point. Point. it's a negate too <laughs> yeah yeah so oh, uh yeah no it's a good it's a really good card um and it's also oh gosh uh the thing that really pains me though how did we not see how good that card was and go, wow, that's undervalued? That card was like two dollars. Yeah, and then just keep
0: buying and just buy them out,
2: dude. I should have bought eighty million copies of that card. <laughs>
0: to be fair, to be fair, at the time I didn't have the money to do that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, I didn't really have the money at the time for buyouts either. But still, that's yeah. dude, two dollars, and that's a thirty-something dollar card now. Yeah, anyone who bought them out when they were like two dollars, yeah, did well. Tongs. Um, book of lunar eclipses here.
0: Um, if it said up to, it would be the one, probably the best card in the set. Yeah,
2: yeah. Got oh, my phone all over my laptop.
0: Oopsies. <laughs> um. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's discard one, flip two, not flip up to two.
2: Yeah. So, um. There's also found- Warrock support here.
3: Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> Uh so actually this was the set that made Warrocks mildly playable because Meteor uh Warrock Meteor Ragon is a boss of a card. It as I said before, it's a battle phase-based control deck. And if you look at Meteor Ragon and all the effects that it has, it is a walking called by the grave. Anything it battles, it calls by the graves might battles it. So no like graveyard effects, no activated effects, um, and it attacks twice. So Meteor Dragon is just really good at cracking boards. It was a, a very solid addition to the deck. And yeah. Warrock Wento also, like, um, it was, she is, a, if you look at her, she is essentially a level four monster with 2,600 attack, which, um, was hilarious because she single-handedly would just beat over the entire maze map archetype.
2: <laughs> I think that the last card I want to talk about here is the the um the uh what's the I'm looking for, not retro. Uh the legacy starlight rare
0: is yeah.
2: uh, Black Rose Dragon which is a cool addition. So, to go
0: with the Ruddy Rose Dragon, all the other Rose stuff that was in the set.
2: Yeah, there was like Rose Support, like Garden Rose, Flora, and some other stuff. And then there was Live Twin, Kiss of Kill Frost in here. So your Starlights in this set are the Live Twins, Kiss a Kill Frost, Um Bahalutia, the Grand Radiance, terrible card. Um, let's see, Lina, the Light Charmer, Lustrous, uh, Book of Lunar, Eclipse, and Black Rose Dragon. So... Um, but uh Lightning Overdrive, wow, that's uh looking back on it, that set was a lot better than I remember it being. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah particularly... now that through it, yeah. I
2: was yeah. It's Honestly, like
0: particularly because uh you know, back when the set first came out, I ended up pulling the uh what was it called? Utopia Beyond Beyond Draco oh, Beyond or whatever. And I was
2: like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not. <laughs> <laughs> what were you about to say, J D?
1: Oh no, I was disagreeing that after looking through this set, like going through it, like this set was actually pretty good. Not the archetypes themselves, but there was a lot of like single support cards that were really strong at the time.
2: Oh, and just I just noticed, uh, Alba on the Branded Dragon is in here, which will actually be a good card uh, yeah. come February of this year of this coming year when uh, yeah, the Alba Structure Deck releases. Yeah, which that, that card should be reprinted in the Structure Deck, but if you want the high rarity, ultra rare version, yeah,
0: this is your chance to get it now. Yeah, while it's still fairly cheap.
2: Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that'll do it for Lightning Overdrive. Wow, I give this at uh, I give this at a surprising like. Six out of ten, seven out of ten.
0: Yeah, a very respectable
2: seven out of ten. Say, call it a six and a half. Cut the difference. yeah, yeah. Um, actually, you know what? Let's let's look back. So we we started with Blazing Vortex. I give that set literally like a three out of ten, maybe a two out of ten. Honestly, uh, three out of ten for me, just because of the coolness factor of the Arm Dragon stuff. Yeah, I'll give. It I'll just give. Looks cool. I'll give Blazing Vortex a three out of ten. What about you, JD?
3: Uh, I. I think like
1: three or four. It wasn't really that good. It was literally Pot of Prosperity was the main sell card of that set.
2: Yeah. The main thing for me, actually, was Brigade Kit. So, yeah. Um, Ghost from the Past, I give that set like a two out of ten. That set was rough. Uh, I give it a three out of ten. But again,
0: coolness points for some of the stuff that was in it. Dragonity and stuff. Uh, Particularly for me, though, is actually the ultra rare uh, Medulce stuff that was in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The ultra rare uh freshest heart, putting cess. Cessor and putting cess. But yeah, the pudding cessor reprint was very much needed. And the ultra rare uh chateau.
2: But they just missed the mark on so many things that should have been reprinted.
0: Yeah, there. that they should have had Queen in there. Um that would have Plus any
2: number of expensive cards at the time that would have been yeah. good. Yeah. So
0: But that's why I give it a solid three out of ten.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with two out of 10 because that just set literally had evenly matched E. and that's about it for me. And Ghost Rares, but like whatever.
1: I so, would give Ghost from the Past a five out of 10.
2: A five? Uh, yeah, mainly
1: because the Dragoonity stuff was in here, and that proved to actually be really strong. Um, all of the, like, the Horatic core was in this set, and the Time yeah. Thief core was in this set. And Time Thieves are kind of like a fan favorite archetype, so it's like getting that entire set like reprinted plus their new stuff that was introduced. Like if you were a time thief player, like this was a really awesome
2: set. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's right. You know, I'll, I'll bump my off the backs of what you two said. I'll bump mine up to a three. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ancient guardians. I literally would only give this one. I'll give this one a three also just because Ogdo addicts are okay. I guess they gave snakes rain a use and the Pank and Skullmeister reprints, though, were really cool. For me,
0: though, just off the back of the Pank and Skullmeister, i, I give it a 4. Yeah.
2: Uh, what about you, JD, for Ancient Guardians?
3: Uh,
1: kind of leaning more towards 4. Like, it it wasn't that impactful. Snakes got a lot of hype in the beginning, and they proved to not be that strong after a while. Solphicord yeah. um, has never seen any competitive play, though it is kind of like um a little bit of a fan-favorite archetype I see people talk about every now and then. And then um Earth's Arctic, oof. I don't know if you've ever actually tried to play Earth's Arctic, but that deck is rough. It's hard to play.
3: There's so many gaps in the deck. Yeah, it's...
2: not good.
0: Yeah, I thought you were supposed to fill the gaps with
2: Drytron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woof, yeah, um, and then, like I said, going back to lightning overdrive, I gotta give this at at least like a six and a half yeah uh, maybe i about i think a six and a half is probably fine. I mean, it introduces the branded stuff for the first time, the war rock support's cool, the ruddy rose dragon, the uh diviner the i mean the which what is it called the plunder patrol support. I mean,
0: I, I give the Utopia stuff a gold star. If you tried, <laughs> yeah. The
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, line of the light charmer. I mean, th- this set really does have some good cards in it. I-, I give this set a seven, honestly. Oh yeah, very respectable.
1: Six to
3: seven.
2: Yeah, uh, sticking at six and a half. Yeah, so it, yeah. If we're gonna do it, has six and a half. I feel is perfect for this. Yeah. Um. Next set we have is King's Court. Oh, King's Court released on July the 9th of 2021. So this set was a 65-card set. It had supports for Magna and Magnet Warrior. It had uh, Eyes Restricts and Relinquish support. Some Prophecies, some Rose stuff, some number stuff, Utopia stuff, Galaxy stuff, Generic Xyz stuff. And it also introduced... Well, less introduced and more like really put archetypal support around the face card archetype which is um like king's knight queen's knight uh, Tri- arcana triumph joker was in this set things like that we got some really actually really good cards like imperial bower and joker straight things like that oh this is also where we got f-zero utopic draco future yeah th- this set this set was actually like kind of bonkers in my opinion um so this set has like Caleb said, Utopic Draco Future. Um, this set actually had some really good reprints. Also had uh Lightning Storm is in here, which is awesome. Um, you have Evolzar Doka was secretly like a $15 to $20 card. Yep. Um Wind Up Arsenal Zen Mayo on re uh before the set was released was like a $40 card because it had one secret rare printing way back in the day, and that was it. Um, oh, wow. I... Yeah, yeah. That, that card was like $40 for the original Secret Rare back before this set release, which is hilarious because, sure, they reprinted it here and they reprinted it again later in the year, but, like, actually, it's not really used in anything. They're just reprinting it because it was expensive for no reason at all. It was expensive because it was used that one time. Yeah. Um, you had... I, I would like to talk about some of the awesome... Awesome uh, collectors rares in this set.
0: Oh my god, the collectors rares in this set were fantastic. Oh
2: yeah, dude. Oh, so I- yeah, I, you know JD, I'll let you take it away on this one because you were telling us earlier about uh, <laughs> your uh, your your face your face card deck. What you got?
3: Yeah.
1: So King's Kingscore was a set that really did live up to its hype. Uh, this. This set, like, there's a there's a lot of noble cards here. So yeah, the Utopic Draco Futures is in here. Um, we got uh, all the Poker Knight stuff. I'm going to call them Poker Knights because that's just what I refer to them as. Uh, the ZW Leo Arms was also a really notable reprint in this deck because previously that also only had one printing and it was like $40. Yeah. So, <laughs> and if you were playing Utopia, like, actually trying to play Utopia between The stuff you got out of Lightning Overdrive and this, like you needed Leo Arms. And so this getting a reprint was really nice. Um, But yeah, so where do I start? So the Poker Knight stuff is. um, I I can't tell you how many times I played against opponents and they would read the Poker Knight stuff as it's resolving and just being like, oh, wow, that's busted. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like. (laughs) joker knight is essentially a free level five light warrior that you can slap on board every turn it's going to go back to your hand every turn joker straight is three bodies for the cost of one discard which is fire um face card fusion is a meh card it's not really that good however um it does it has a lot of versatility in it that is a little bit deceptive you don't have to use face card fusion for um arcana knight joker you can use it for literally anything um but if you're using a poker knight you get to send something from your deck so it's kind of versatile in that manner i actually used it for um and the conqueror star because it takes two level five warrior monsters so uh kind of good in that manner um but yeah looking like going through some of these collector rares uh like Arcane triumph joker Joker's Knight, Imperial Bower, Joker's Straight, Joker's Wild did not get a collector's rare, and I really, really, really wish it did because that card is dumb. Um, it's essentially a verte anaconda for the deck because you send a spell card and then copy the effect, so it's it's kind of hard to negate or disrupt. Like if it it's going to resolve and it's going to essentially get your combos going during the opponent's turn, which is even kind of nuttier when you think about it that way. Uh, Utopic Draco Future got a collector's rare during this set. Uh, The Guilty Gearford got a collector's rare. Um, Hyper Galaxy, which was kind of like a one-off played in the Galaxy decks, was a collector's rare in this set, and that was pretty cool. Um, I was going
2: to say, that's probably the worst collector's rare in this set, though. Yeah, yes. No, it it is.
3: (laughs) Uh,
1: Queen, King, Jack's
3: Knight.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh...
3: So the Queens, Kings, Jacksonites all had collector rare. Rescue
1: Rabbit got a collector's rare printing during oh, the set. And that was really nice.
2: Yes. Such a good collector's rare printing right now. And they're not that expensive. They're like less than 50 bucks.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, Utopia got a collector's rare print, which, man, I was a little bit salty when
1: Utopia got announced as an OTS ultra rare later on in the year. Because I remember, like, picking up Collector's Rare Utopias and I was like, this card is going to hold so much value because yeah. it's like, uh, you know, it's like a collector Rarity and then OTS Guy announced and then Collector's Rare Utopias Tank. Um, yep,
2: <laughs> I remember that, that exact thing. I did the exact same thing.
1: Uh, reinforcement of the Army got oh, Collector's Rare. Such um, a good one. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: Lightning Storm, Rivalry oh. of the Warlords.
2: Um, Awesome awesome
1: collectors and then like we we can't come we cannot ignore like the egyptian gods in this set like slifer obelisk and Winged Dragon of Ra had a heroic, what was it pharaoh's oh, ultra yeah. and pharaoh's secret rare which yeah i don't know why they split them that way um i, I really think wish they were
2: considered secret misprints rare. yeah
0: oh
3: okay that would make sense
1: yeah, because um, they
2: just didn't exist in the, uh, they just did not exist as secret rares in uh, the EU zones.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, It this set, like, while the Joker and stuff wasn't that strong, which by the way is going to be a lot stronger now that Frozen Legends out, um, it, all the collectors rares in this set were like, completely cracked. Like, <laughs> everything is worth so much at this set. Uh, yeah, uh, this set
2: is sneaky, extremely good value. There's nothing on the first page, the entire first page of this set that is less than $15. That's insane when you really consider a set from six months ago. You have the the Secret Pharaoh's Rare. Um Slifer is 240. Uh wing Dragon of Raw is 170, obelisk is 103. Then you have Lightning Storm Collectors are um, lowest listed is 100, but that's damage. Lowest near mint is 150. Then you go to the Utopic Draco Futures are like 120. R- Rotas are like over 100. Rivalries are like 70. Lightning Storms are 70 for the Ultra. I mean, Arcana Triumph Jokers are 40s. The, and then the Slifer, Raw. And obelisk ultras are all around 40. And you just keep going through 40, 40, 25, 30. U- you know, Utopias are 35. Utopic Draco Future for the ultra is 30. And then more collector's rares at 30, 25, 20, 15. I mean, just the collector's rares and every. I mean, just this set was, this set was awesome. I, when this set released, everyone was like, eh, it's all right. Dude, this set was fire.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: And uh, another kind of going to like one of those like deceptively powerful cards in the set was actually a magnet warrior card and it was magnet induction. Yes. Um, Like this card plus any magnet warrior was essentially full combo for the deck. And like it's so strong. It is such a strong card. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Oh, and then you have Thunder Speed Summon, which was like a Slifer support card that mixed Slifer the Sky Dragon with the face card deck. Yeah, but that was bad. That was a bad card. <laughs> but it's cool.
3: It's cool. I I've only seen it resolve one time.
2: Did they win the game? No, no. I oh. ran over
3: Slifer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like they summoned their Slifer, and then I did all my Joker Knight stuff, and I hit them with Utop- the Utopia Double Combo.
2: Uh, yep. Double. Um. Wow. Oh, also a sneaky good reprint here was actually Gravekeeper Spy is a rare. That's a good goat reprint because... And Edison, actually. Because Gravekeeper Spy is kind of like a sneakily good card for like the first decade of Yu-Gi-Oh! So, 2K defense. Yeah, and it pulls out another one. Um, Chao Fang is also in here of the Phantom of the Yang Zang. That's actually a good reprint. That has come up and I use Chao Fang myself that one that i pulled out of king's court i use in my uh sword deck
0: so. what was the one where you were, were kind of like oh no I, I i thought i had this but i didn't and i kind of was like i have exactly one." one oh the bulk
2: yeah that was yazzy
0: from yeah, the Yazzie. Ots pack yeah. yeah
2: i just happened to have a single Yazi. <laughs> it was the last card i needed <laughs> in the entire deck it worked out great <laughs> um man i'm gonna give this at an eight out of ten i love this this
0: is awesome uh, I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten only because all the best cards in the entire set were all the collector's rares, which are, you know, kinda hard to get.
2: No, that's not true. Um But Lightning Storm is a seventy dollar ultra rare.
0: Well no no, what I'm saying is is that uh I'm only giving it that because the best cards in the set were all the collector rares, the not not the only good cards but oh, okay the best cards we're all collectors which are kind of hard to get so i'm gonna also go with like a seven i bought three boxes and pulled two collectors rares so i mean <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah <laughs> it exactly. can be done um yeah no i i love king's court i think there's a ton a ton of value to be had from a set that only had 65 different cards in it there's so many good cards so many good reprints i'm i'm sticking on an eight i love this yeah what about you
1: I'm I'm saying that this is going to be about an eight for this set. This set is really strong, and it's only going to get better over time. Um, if you look at the Poker Knight stuff, it's all quite generic, and it locks you into Light Warriors, which when you start to really look through that card pool is not that strong. But when you look through it a little bit closer, all of the really, really overpowered utopia stuff is all light warriors. So um yeah. Poker Knights can be used as an engine for that. But there between that and some of the much needed reprints, along with uh, a lot of lot of like chase cards in this set, like this was an eight. It, it, whether you were a casual player or a collector, like you wanted to pick up this set because it was it was good for everybody.
2: Yeah, this set was bonkers in my opinion. Oh, yeah, but only in hindsight. At the time, I remember people saying it's not that great of a set. Yeah, at the time, everyone was kind of, I'm not going to say disappointed with it, but everyone was kind of like, yeah, it's all right. Whatever.
0: And I think part of that was entirely due to the fact that the previous sets were all kind of garbage. Yeah. So, but, but hindsight being 2020 and all that, this set was secretly pretty good. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, let's move on to Dawn of Majesty because we have like five more sets to do and we are, do not have a lot of time yeah (laughs) um dawn of majesty released in august of this year um it had mainly stardust support it was the introduction introduction introduce introduction of the b trooper archetype uh as well as the despia archetype so this set was actually pretty solid uh, you've got like the Despian stuff, you have Aluber, you have Dramaturge, Albion the Shrouded Dragon. Technically, it's also the introduction of Sword Soul. I was knew you were going to say that. Technically?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you do have your first Sword Soul card here in the Iris Sword Soul. Um, this set's actually kind of cool. Um, there's some more, like I said, Despia stuff. You've got some Cord support. You have the introduction. In, oh, why do I keep saying introduction? It's not even a word. You have the introduction of the, um, the suship archetype. Uh, you have some good one-of cards, like the Stellar Wind Wolf Riet. You have, I mean, just a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Gizmek support, Chronomaly support. Um, I mean, like, Magic Key was introduced here. Magic key is cool. I mean, just the introduction. So you get the introduction of B-Troopers, Magic um, and the... Ready Fusion. Yeah, and Ready, Ready Fusion. F- and the Despia stuff, though. It, the, just Despia, B-Trooper, and Magicy. Like, that's really good. Like just,
3: two
0: ship.
3: Yeah, and, and the two, two ships, ship. which are super cool. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but, like, just the very existence of Ready Fusion uh, made Quagar Hercules spike in price by like hundreds of dollars yeah because like before i think it was like a still like a 20 30 card because it's like well, a super short it, printed it was
2: originally like an 80 to 100 dollars okay, for yeah. the for the tp1 super rare yeah but it went from 80 to 100 dollars to like seven to eight hundred dollars yeah and then the rare from tp3 went from like 10 or 15 dollars to like 80 dollars yeah literally keep in, keep in mind though we're talking about a card that was first released in the same set as the original printing of Mechanical Chaser. Yes,
0: because it is the <laughs> only insect fusion monster. That's level six or lower and a normal. Correct. Well, no, no. Like, even if you include, uh, even if you include the, um, just even if you include the, uh, normal instant fusion targets, it's still the only insect. Oh, is it? It is the only insect fusion uh, accessible between, uh, ready fusion and instant fusion. Wow. Yeah, it's. Yeah, so as far as I know, it's the only insect fusion. Yeah. It,
2: until recently. Bee Troopers just got one too. Oh yeah, that's true. But it's not it's not an instant fusion or ready fusion target. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, this is this is an interesting set. It's got a lot of stardust support also, like synchron stardust support. Specifically with some things like, oh my goodness, I just had a uh, shooting Majestic Star Dragon, which was the cover card. You have arrive, Arrival in Light, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Y- you have Synchro Overtake, which was one of the secret rares of the set. You have the Stardust Synchron. Stardust Synchron, that was the one I was looking for,
0: yes. And then uh, the retrain for Majestic Dragon, who while on field is Majestic Dragon.
2: Yeah. Because they tried to make Majestic <laughs> Dragon usable. Yeah. They and, tried. And then your legacy support your legacy starlight of this set is Stardust Dragon himself. So gorgeous card. Oh, it's so nice. Um so yeah. I think the set's very cool. Um <laughs> JD, what do you think about the set?
1: I thought dawn of Majesty was pretty Don of Majesty was overall really interesting set. Um as you pointed out, there was an introduction of a lot of different archetypes in the set, which when you compare that to Lightning Overdrive or Lightning Overdrive, we got like one deck introduced and then all support. This was kind of like supposed to be like flipping the page and introducing a lot. I uh, think, you know, we got a bunch of gizmic support to really shape out the gizmic deck as a whole, which was really interesting how they did because all the gizmic stuff is very different from each other. So the fact that they only printed like five cards and were able to tie that all together i thought was pretty cool in their part uh the despia archetype is you know was not that strong in the beginning It had a couple standout moments for the first like week or two after the set dropped uh, but then once people realized how to beat it it didn't really stand out all too much anymore however alibur is a really strong card and with the branded fusion that's gonna be releasing out of the Albat structure deck, I only foresee Alibur going up because it is essentially an Alistair for that deck. It will search the branded fusion and then get you off, you know, that nutty combo that the deck does. Yeah.
2: Um, other than that note, the one thing to note about that though is that Aluber is projected to be in the structure deck. He mm-hmm. was in the OCG version of the structure deck.
0: Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, but if he is, he's probably he's going to be at best a super right at absolute best. Um, yeah, this
2: will still be the highest rarity.
0: Yeah. So for those of you who have them and, you know, had their hearts sink whenever we whenever you heard that. It's fine. It's going to be at, at best a super at worst a common. Yeah. So, well, they're am making an ultra because it's
2: also on the tokens. Nah, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm gonna give this set like a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten.
0: Uh, six.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I just, I gave it a seven mostly off the B troopers.
0: Um, I truth, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of, I mostly did it off the of Despia. I just like the way they look. Yeah, they're cool.
2: Um, let's move on into the 2021 Ten of Ancient Battles. So, of course, the Ten of Ancient Battles will always be a cool set. I'm going to be honest, there is just entirely too much going on here. Uh, it's a it's 160 card set or 100. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. 260 card set. It's entirely too big to talk about everything that's in here. But notably, you have the. Um, you like have what? the entire tribe brigade engine, yeah, the entire like- virtual world engine you have the for so the ad ignister engine. Yeah. Mu- the entire ad emancipator engine. You have the, um, introduction of some new dark magician support, which will be very relevant coming into, um, when we get the new set coming in January battles of chaos or no, yeah. uh, ba- is it battle of chaos? Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Yes. Bonk. Yeah. Um and obviously the elephant in the room, the introduction of crossout designator to the TCG,
0: but also beautiful, beautiful uh secrets like cross sheep.
2: Yeah, so there were some cool secret upgrades here. Um, like the secret cross sheep is gorgeous. Yeah, so some of the notable ones to me: ice dragon's prisons, shadal schism, dogmatica punishment, um, are all like. Really, really nice secret rares. El Shadal Construct looks good as a secret rare. Um, I know because I have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tri Brigade Revolt is a really cool rarity upgrade. So uh, I'm very happy about okay. some of the rarity upgrades and stuff that came through this set specifically. And then in the, the ultra rare slot was just loaded in this set. Um, you had the Crossout Designator, Animal Dawn Arcosaur, Trius Hierarchia, which is a cheap card now. But when with the agent stuff comes out, that card's crazy. Um, Ghost Mourner, Moonlit Chill is here. Gravediggers, Trap Hole is an ultra. Fallen of Albaz as an ultra. Chaos Ruler, the Chaotic Magical Dragon. Titanic Lad, dear Servant. Triple Tactics, Talent. Phantom Knights of Torn Scales. Alpha, the Master of Beast. Divine Arsenal, AA, Zeus. This, the ultra rare slot was just loaded. So, um, I like the Megatons, obviously. It's always a good, um... Always a good reprint set. I'm giving it a six out of ten because there's no access code talker. There is no <laughs> promo cards in the set. Everything is ha- you have to be pulled, um, and uh, the ratios are so insane that it's hard to pull anything that you actually want. So, but good good on the reprints. The reprints yeah. are very good except for no access code and no um, forbidden droplet.
0: Yeah, uh, I give it a I give it a seven because, like he said, the reprints in this are just ridiculous. But there's so many cards that it's real hard to pull just one copy of something you need. Yeah,
2: what do you got, JG?
1: I'm gonna give this set a seven out of five, a
0: seven point
1: five out of ten. Uh, mainly because the virtual world and tri brigade reprints were in this set. Virtual world was introduced during Phantom Rage, which was November of 2020. And oh, sure, yeah. And so it's like, we're a whole year later, and Virtual and Tribrigade are both in the meta. So getting both of those archetypes completely reprinted to a point that makes the deck like incredibly cheap was really nice for uh, budget players who wanted to switch over to something a little bit more of a competitive deck. And also Crossout Designator, which I... Know a lot of people have a lot of opinions about the card, but I am an average cross out designator appreciator. Um, and I love that card. Same,
0: um, I'm, I'm very whelmed by that card.
2: <laughs> yes, happy. it's a word. Yeah, um, let's go ahead and move on. Let's do we, just, we oh man, we start to go, go through three sets and we are out of time. Uh, Burst of Destiny, y'all. I'm just gonna be honest, I, I think we can just do grades on burst eldorado and brothers because they're so new they literally have all come out in the last month yeah definitely. So, um burst of destiny released on november the 5th um burst of destiny is insane it completely reshaped the metagame uh the introduction of sword souls and Fluanderies, as well as destiny hero De- or is it, yeah destiny hero destroy phoenix enforcer um t- i mean you have small world is in here you have uh, just everything in here is insane everything in here just Mm -hmm. the set top to bottom all of the secret rares are at least playable mostly Um, evil twins trouble sunny is awesome Uh, that's I think that's all that needs to be said the set's awesome and penguins are cool I give the set a 10 out of 10 9
0: out of 10
1: I would do 8.5 out of 10 Um, primarily because like flunder were a really good addition I play flunder so I'm biased um, yeah. <laughs> but the Sword Soul archetype, which was an uh, archetype that got a lot of hype this set, like, unless you bought a case or you were like a real whale player, um, you know, there is that barrier, that financial barrier beside, behind Sword Souls. So it's kind of it's not accessible in that manner. Um, but Destroyer Phoenix, Enforcer, Flawndries, and Sword Soul, like, those three, those three archetypes and card in general, like, they did reshape the
2: meta. Um, So yeah, I'd stick at like 8.5. I don't know how to feel about getting called a whale, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Max Gold Eldorado. Um, Tons of really cool reprints. Actually, I'll take it back. I'm going to give Burst a 9 out of 10 because I don't want it to be the top. I want these to be the top. Fair. Um, Blue Eyes White Dragon, Red Eyes Dark Magician, of course, Exodia. Rescue Cat's an awesome reprint. Fossil Dino Pachycephalo is a secretly good reprint. Um, you have Psyframe Gear Gamma's cool. The, all the dinosaur stuff is cool. Danger Bigfoot and Nessie with Bigfoot getting an alt art. The entire Eldritch engine. Um, the Like I said, all the dinosaur stuff. IP with the alt art. Unicorn with the alt art. Access Code Talker. Um, pot of Extravagance. Uh, this set's awesome. The entire Prank Kids engine is here. The entire um, oh, it's, Altergeist engine is here. This set's awesome. This set's also a nine out of ten for me. Uh, for me it's a nine out of ten, only because of availability. Yeah, it would probably be a ten. Or, you, you, know, you make a good point. I give it an eight out of ten because it's not you can't find it anywhere. Yeah, I just want one box of it, just one. Yeah. What about you,
0: Judy? Uh,
3: gosh, I don't know. I'm I'm looking through it all right right now. Ah, uh, I. I want to say, like, 7.5.
1: I personally did not really like this set all too much. I really thought that they were trying to use Anaconda and Access Code Talker to sell the rest of this set. However, you guys did make some good points that Guy stuff is here. Some hard-to-get uh, cars were reprinted in the set, like some of the Weather Painter stuff. All the Eldritch, all the Prank Kids, rest in peace my homie Prank Kids. And like the Charmers, like it's it's a good set. I personally just did not really like it all too much. So yeah, it's 7.5. Um and yeah, like you said about the accessibility, it is a little bit tricky to find nowadays.
2: Yeah, so. Um Last set of the year, Brothers of Legend, this set just released on December the third here in North America. Um, this set's pretty cool. It's got some Adignister stuff, some AI stuff, some Destiny Hero stuff, Furs, Karibo, Liralesk, Number stuff, Penguin stuff, Speedroid stuff, Utopia and Zexal stuff. Introduced to Stealth kragen in archetype into the TCG. A uh, couple of Starlight rares. Cough, cough. Don't know anybody that pulled those. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> More altar guys support, like I said, the appliancer stuff. And uh some of the reprints in the set. Actually all all of the reprints in the set were insane. You have uh just ro- rolling real quick through the reprints. Um you have Forbidden Droplet, Magician Souls, Red Eyes Fusion, A Dusted Gold, Malicious Bane, Thought Were Large Fiend, Shooting Star Dragon, Starlight Road, Diablosis, the Mind Hacker, which was a prize card, that's cool. Gadarla, Kaiju Slumber, Kaiju Capture Mission, the Underworld Squire and the Heavenly Squire, um, Phantom Knights of Raga Gloves, Nibiru, Infernoide Decatron, and Tierra, another Zenmaio printing, Insector Beetle, Downward Magician, Beatrice Lady the Eternal, Relinquished Anima, Lore of Darkness, Fossil Dig, Rank Up Magic Rank Up Magic Argent, Chaos Force, Resurge McSeed, Void Feast, like I said, the Dragoon Starlight, and the Leviathan Astral. Uh, this set's really cool. The reprints and things like uh, wing requital and the lyralist bird strike getting their first printing are cool. Uh, I'll give this set a seven out of ten I I'm Maybe doing, an eight i'm I'm giving it a solid eight, mostly because
0: of bird strike and ring requital.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: I'm gonna
3: say
1: probably an eight a eight point five out of ten. This set uh, introduced a lot of stuff that it expanded on throughout the year, so. Um, you know, we got additions to the Altergeist archetype in here. Um, we got a lot of really strong Utopia stuff. So to really tie in, like, um, King's Court and Lightning Overdrive. Like, if if you really loved Zexel, like this year was awesome for you in that manner. <laughs> um, and then of course, like some of the reprints, like the Diablo's was a great addition. I think that card. Is, Really cool. Not super viable, but I have a soft yeah. spot for that card. Nibiru was nice.
2: Yeah. Their Karibo support's really cool. Bob, yeah. And yeah, so.
1: and then um and then of course the red eyes dark june I unfortunately had to buy mine. I don't want to talk about it, but
2: <laughs> we can't all just go into the locals, buy one box and pull it. You know, not everybody's capable of just being better at the game like that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like the equivalent of like the Alistair and the Invoker, and the invocation in your hand.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I bought one box and I pulled Droplet and the Dragoon, and I was like, ah, oh, ah, oh, looks like I'm done buying this set. Yeah, no, yeah. I. That's exactly what I did. I was like, I pulled six Allure of Darknesses between my box and some other. What I was able to pick up, I picked up like two play sets of Bird Strike and Wing Requ- Requital. I was like, dude, I'm done. I'm happy. I got everything I wanted and then some. So, whoop. Um, whew. Well, that recaps the year for Yu-Gi-Oh! set releases. Um, We do want to take a quick moment. We did not stop to talk about our sponsor. So, thank you so much to ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. They are the ones that have that Brothers of Legend. They still have multiple, like display multiple displays of max gold they still have pretty much everything you could want for the year um, for the set releases so they still have burst of destiny everything you need uh, be sure to check out etb games in Alexandria, louisiana there will be <clears throat> there will be a half case tournament at etb on december 18th for anybody interested it will be twenty dollars entry and it will be a half case of prize support of either Brothers of Legend or Bursts of Destiny. And whoever the winner is going to get to pick what they want their prize support to be in. So if they say it's, you know, you get three boxes or whatever it is for winning, you get you can get one Brothers of Legend and two Bursts of Destiny or yeah, it, you whatever. Get first, you get first pick of
0: three boxes.
2: Yeah, yeah you can just kind of choose whatever you want. And then, uh, everybody will just get to be able to choose whatever prize support they want from either Burst or Brothers. You'll get the same amount of packs, but you'll just get to choose what set you get it from. So it would be a half case tourney, and then if we do, um, if we do, if we get up to 40 people, it'll be a full case tourney. So, and then there will also be a display of maximum gold given away, like, pack by pack to people that enter, um there's not really a set system for how they're doing that yet. They might just give it out to people that bubble, give it out to people that, you know, just whatever, just giving out as much product as they can. So um, be sure to check that out. That is again on December the 18th. If you need more information, feel free to hit me or Caleb up through Discord. Um, On that vein, please be sure to check out our Discord, which the link will be in the description below. Be sure to check out both our Twitter at Top Cut Podcast and JD's Twitter at set 5 Podcast. Be sure to check out JD's podcast on Spotify. Again, links will be in the description below. Um, Before we roll out, there are two things we need to do. Uh, We did get a new review on Apple Podcasts from George A. L. R. uh, One of my favorite podcasts, Five Stars. An amazing podcast that keeps me up to date with Yu-Gi-Oh! related things. As someone new and who is trying to figure out their deck, which is Utopia Onomatopoeia, I would 100% recommend this podcast to new or even veteran players. Hope they keep up the good work. Thank you so much, George. It means the world that you think highly of us. Uh, And if you do want your review read out on the podcast, be sure to go in and leave it on Apple podcasts. And then the last thing is the podcast question of the day. So, Last week's podcast question of the day was, what cards do you think are causing a problem in the current metagame? So, we got a lot of answers, um, but mainly Verte and Dagda or Scythe, Protos, and Harpy's Featherstorm. I mean, almost every reply mentioned Either the artifact engine, whether it be Dagda or Scythe, or Protos. And then probably half of them mentioned Harpy's Featherstorm. And the other half mentioned uh Io and Mystic Mind, just because they're floodgates. Um, and you also have a lot of people mentioning the Samorg Link as a problem card within the format. And then over in our um over in our Discord server, oh wow, this got a lot of discussion here. <laughs> um, Io, uh, Protos and Scythe, even more, uh, and then more Protos and wow, people really hate Protos and Scythe. It was <laughs> people, people have really determined that those to be the problem cards in this format. Um, but yeah, I mean Protos and Scythe, from what I can tell, everybody just hates those cards.
0: Well, I mean, there's something to be said for just kind of, you know, locking you out of your entire extra deck period, and also nuking the field of attributes every turn.
2: Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, they're good cards. So, um, JD, what, do you, what is your answer to this? What do you think is the like a big problem card in this format?
3: I think Io
1: is a pretty powerful card. I get that it's a trap card and it's a one-up and it has that cost every turn, but it feels so bad if the opponent like if the opponent's main decking it and you get hit with it like on turn one. Like if you lose the die roll and they have Io and you can't get started, like it hurts a lot of decks in the game, with the exception of like Eldritch. They're like Half spell cards and one card just saying, like, no, you can't use half your deck is pretty rough. I can't complain about Scythe all too much this format, but that's because I played Flunder, so nobody's actually played Scythe against me. Um, <laughs> uh, but I have been hit with the Protoss, and yeah, that's a little bit of a rough one as well. Um, I feel like Anaconda was kind of like was pretty bad for a while, but. With Destroyer Phoenix Enforcer, I've noticed a lot of people not even summoning, like not even summoning the Anaconda. They just use the Fusion Destiny at the end of their
3: combo, much as they would yeah. do with the Anaconda. So. Yep. It's. I don't know.
2: It's hard to say whether the. I don't know. It, it's. Anaconda such a weird card because I feel like it is an issue and it is a problem but like at the same time, then you just like run three red ass fusion or you run three, uh, fusion destiny. You yeah. know what I mean? So, uh, but I think that'll be pretty much wrap us up for today. Um, thank you everybody so much for listening. Um, please. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even ask the new podcast question. today. what about, am I I was about with to say uh, new podcast question of the day for today is what is your favorite set release of the last year? um pretty much of the ones we listed what is the what is your favorite set what's the thing that you enjoy the most
0: for me it would actually probably be maximum gold yeah uh yeah el
2: because i just like having all those really high value reprints yeah i enjoy i enjoy brothers of legend honestly i know there's probably some uh, or burst of destiny i know there's probably some uh recency bias there but i love those sets so jd
1: I would say my favorite set this year was King's Court. King's Court was—I invested a lot in the set. I loved the archetypes that was introduced, and I don't know—it there was a lot of um, you know like uh, Gen One sort like support and peddling in that set with you know all the UV stuff and the Egyptian god stuff. But man so many good collector rares. So it was a nice
2: set for me. Kings Court was my next one. It's, I love Kings Court. So, um, JD, one more time, where can people find you? Where, where's the best place to find you besides the description below, which there again will be a link. Where else can people find you?
1: (laughs) So set five podcast is available really anywhere you get your podcast. On on my Twitter at Set5Podcast, I mainly share the Spotify link uh, because that's the one that I've noticed a lot more people have ex- accessibility to. But it's also available um, through Anchor, Anchor Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts.
2: Yep, absolutely. So everybody, please be sure to check out the top the Set 5 podcast, I almost said top cut podcast. Uh be sure to <laughs> check out the Set 5 podcast here with your host JD. Uh please sure to share both us and the Set 5 podcast with everybody you know and be sure to quick for the third time on the outro. Be sure to check out our Patreon, check out our Discord, check out our Twitter. Please be sure to check out Team Dark Arm Dealings. They are our sister YouTube channel. And check out ETB Games. Links for all of that will be in the description down below. If you want to answer the podcast question of the day, you can find that on our Twitter page as well as in our Discord server. There is a channel labeled podcast question of the day. I think that wraps us up for the day. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a good one. Take care, everybody. Yeah, thanks so much.